You're listening to Rosemary Goes to the Mall, the saga of one woman's lonely journey around the Mall of America. Not such good luck on the parking spot today. I, I, you know, turn in to the nearby aisles and sort of, you know, go back and forth, zigzagging, hoping that someone will leave, but to no avail. Uh, I have to park a little further away, a good three rows back, and then all the way over by Sears. So I'm kind of bummed about that. I hate walking back with all the bags and having a long way to go. It, you're kind of struggling and sweating, and it kind of sucks. But whatever, I you know, not much I can do about it. I'm also really hungry. I'm getting kind of a late start, and I've been trying to not snack so much, but maybe snacking would be a good idea today so I don't go back to Tiger Sushi and eat the whole restaurant up. I'm also wearing slightly uncomfortable sandals today, and I I don't know why I decided to wear these, except that um, I'm finding myself dressing up a little bit to go to the mall these days. It's like, um, maybe it's like the only time I actually get out of the house and see other human beings. So it's kind of weird. And I, maybe I, like if I go into a cool store and buy some cool clothing, I want to feel cool doing it. Anyway, why I wore these sandals, I'm not sure because after I've walked around for a couple hours in them, I think my feet are going to hurt. These aren't sandals that I bought at the mall. These are sandals I've had for a while, but I only ever wear them when I'm gonna, you know, when I'm wearing like a dress or a skirt or something, and I'm trying to look a little bit more dressed up during the summer. But for some reason, I wanted to wear them today. Here I am. Now, my returns are, you know, fairly straightforward, but I am proud of myself because I have decided that I'm going to return that lilac soap. Uh, even though it seems kind of dumb to return a $5 soap, it smelled so strong that I really felt like it would be a good idea to get rid of it because I just didn't want that smell around me anymore. And, you know, I like lilacs, but I have to say it's a bit much even for me. And it's kind of funny going back in the Minnesota Bound store because I figured out who Ron and Raven were. When I was here before, I thought that they were a Minnesota couple or something that just thought it would be cute to have a store in the Mall of America that sold Minnesota-y things, kind of like the family that runs that wild bird store up on the third floor. However, I looked it up last night on the internet, and it turns out that Ron has a TV show that runs in the major TV, you know, venues of Minnesota, like, um, uh, you know, the Twin Cities and St. Cloud and all this kind of stuff, and also in Fargo, North Dakota. And it's all about being outdoors and hunting and all kinds of stuff. And Raven is not his wife, as I had, you know, um, thought. It's his dog. So I think that that's both far more cute and far more kind of weirdly corporate that he has his own store where he sells garbagey Minnesota stuff and lilac soap that smells way too strong. The woman in the store, 
does not know how to take returns and she's totally freaking out and I have to explain to her how to do it and getting the $5 back on my credit card proves impossible. So she ends up giving me $5 and 31 cents cash. And I figure that's fine. I mean, you know, no biggie there, but I think she needs a little bit more training. I go into the park to do the returns that I have to do there. Uh, I'm keeping the ray guns because Keith saw those and he was like, wow, those are so cool. And although he left it up to me, he, he thought that the kids would really dig them. And he also said these will last about two seconds. And Evans actually lasted through the night, but Garrett's of course got torn. It still works, but, but after I got back from yoga class that night, I, I found half of it ripped off on the ground. So, you know, the paper part that goes out is like the ray gun part. Um, but they totally dig them and they're totally not violent at all. They just kind of shoot out and, and, and look cool. So <laughs> they were really excited to get them. So that was good. The park is totally hopping. I can't believe how many people are here. School must be out in many parts of Minnesota and possibly the country because there are so many people on the rides and all kinds of girls screaming their heads off on rides that really aren't that scary. And I have to say that when Nicole and Neil and I went on the roller coaster when, when they were in town, I screamed like a little girl myself on the roller coaster, but at least that was a really scary ride. The ones that these girls are screaming on are really, really lame. So um, I think that's funny, but it has brought the volume in here up a few notches and it makes it a little more difficult for me to be in here. There are also kids running in all directions. They're like in a cotton candy frenzy. Uh, they're like, they've got, you know, their mom gave them 15 bucks and they don't know how to spend it fast enough. Should they spend it in the toy store? Should they spend it on more junk food? I see lines and lines of kids buying all kinds of like donuts and ice cream and, you know, those ice cream things that come in pellets that's supposed to be the ice cream of the future, but tastes like crap. They're all eating it. Uh, and you know, it's funny because these are all pretty regular people here. And, and I, and I walk by this table where there's a couple of grandmas or moms or whatever sitting around talking. Their kids are obviously off, you know, in a sugar, fits on some roller coaster or Ferris wheel and they are eating lunch. And I hear one of them saying that she can't believe she paid $6 for this. And I, that really hits me because I have to say that is how I feel much of the time in this place. I can't believe that you pay so much for so little all the time. And whether it's just some junky sandwich or like that dollar bill with Marc Messier on it, that was very much appreciated by Keith. But, you know, it cost $8 for a dollar bill, you know, with Marc Messier's face on it. So that's kind of, that's kind of weird and lame. Uh, but anyway, I'm just kind of struck by... Like, this is how people amuse themselves, but this also is a painful way to amuse yourself because it is so expensive. It's like how it costs, you know, a minimum of $15 to get 
tickets or points or whatever to go on these rides. So if you have a couple kids here, that's 30 bucks. Then maybe you want to do some. So then that's 45 and then you buy some food. And then, I mean, it's like almost worse than going, uh, and trying to take your kids to a sports game or something like that. It's so much money to actually have a family do something like this. And yet this is what we seem to think is fun. Anyway, there's a weird thing about money going on in this place. I mean, obviously it's a mall, you know, but, uh, but nonetheless, it's, it epitomizes the overpricedness of our universe and how painfully, weirdly money focused we are, I guess. What this does make me start to think is that maybe today's shopping should be about buying the best value in each store. Like what is, what is the best valued item that I could buy today? And, you know, I haven't really done that. I've focused on desire and, you know, being someone else or, um, how this stuff epitomizes decrepit American culture. But what if you actually focused on what is the best value in each each retail environment. I think that could be kind of interesting, but really, I mean, maybe almost impossible at the same time, but I I think that, I think I'm going to try it. Before I head off to start my shopping for the day, um, I do swing back by the fortune teller again. I just, I feel like I've got the bug again for the fortune teller and I put in my two tokens and I get uh, my fortune, which is You'll soon find a change for for the better in your financial affairs. This will make you very happy indeed. You have a strong driving power within you that may sometimes exhaust those about you. You are very easy-tempered, slow to get angry, but are also slow to forgive. Your family has caused you some uneasiness, but I see no cause to worry about them in the future." You will take a trip that will bring you a great deal of happiness. Well, I think that the financial affairs thing is great. I wonder if it fits into this whole value shopping thing, or maybe it just means that, you know, I might actually make some money down the road off of something I do, or maybe Keith will, you know, come into a good chunk of change. Um, that would be super great. And gosh, I didn't know that I exhausted those around me. I do think that I am pretty easy tempered and slow to get angry, but I do think it's true that I'm also slow to forgive. That can be really tough for me. And the family causing me some uneasiness, I'm having a little trouble, um, locating that within, you know, like contextualizing that. I'm not sure what that means because I don't really feel like my family has been causing me uneasiness, but you know, um, maybe if I analyze it a bit more, but I'm glad that there's no cause to worry about them in the future. And I'm super excited about this trip and I want to know where it's going to be. I think that's really cool. I grab a granola bar at the convenience store that's at the East entrance and they don't have the kind that I like, which are the sweet and salty ones that are covered in yogurt or almond or something. Anyway, they're, they are truly sweet and salty and they are, they are the bomb, these things. I could eat a whole package of them, but they don't have them. So I get one of those traditional crunchy 
granola bars with peanut butter slathered on the inside and I eat that and it's, you know, it's definitely second, second best to those yogurt ones, but, but I I think it'll do. Um, my first store, uh, which I noticed last time and kind of have been dreading is Zales, the diamond store. I am so sick of jewelry stores I could vomit. And I don't know how many more I'm going to have to shop at, but my God, do they have a lot of jewelry stores in this mall? How could any one mall, even with five zillion people coming each year, possibly support this many jewelry stores? It doesn't make any sense, especially when they all carry crappy, ugly stuff. In any case, end of rant, I obviously have to buy something and I'm dreading it, um, especially because it's the diamond store and it's that diamond thing again. I just don't really want to do the diamond thing, but I start wandering around and I, I really hate most of this, but I find a little section where they have some um, sterling silver necklaces and some of them are over the top ugly but some of them are palatable and it takes a long time to get the salesperson's attention she's clearly like a manager or something and she's putting something in on the computer and she's on the phone she gets off at one point and I'm not really ready for her so then she gets back on and then I wait behind her standing behind her for five minutes while she finishes her phone conversation And then she goes back to putting stuff in the computer. And so I finally have to clear my throat and and ask her to come over. And she's actually very, very nice. So, you know, no biggie, really. I ask her to take out two necklaces and I say that I'm buying a gift for a friend. And one of uh, the necklaces is a necklace bracelet set. And it's a chain that has these little notches on it, these silver notches. And it is, the set together is $100. It's 50% off. And that's a really good deal. Then the other one, the necklace also has some earrings, but they're priced separately. The necklace has this, it's like kind of a heavy chain. And then it has this little pendant type thing at the bottom. And this one is $200 just for the necklace. And apparently this is because the more expensive one has more diamonds. And this actually makes me want to laugh because you can't tell that there are any diamonds in either one of them. Um, I start inspecting that $100 one and I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm like, where are the diamonds in this? And she says, they're just little accents. And I look and I can finally see when I turn it just the right way that there's a tiny, tiny, tiny little sparkle that comes off of it. If you turn it, you know, in a particular way, and there's maybe three or four tiny little sparkles, so small that you wouldn't, you would think that it was a grain of dust and you would flick it off of you if, you know, if you came across it. Um, Certainly no one looking at this necklace will ever know that there's a diamond in it. The other one uh, is a slightly more obvious, but still, you know, to, you know, if you think you're buying diamond jewelry, this is not the case. Um, I try them both on and I decide on the hundred dollar 
one with the necklace and the bracelet because that is definitely a better value than the other one. I mean, at 50% off to get a necklace and a bracelet for $100 that have some minuscule diamonds in them, I say that that is actually an excellent value. Uh, And it actually looks better than the other one, which is a little clunky. And I say, well, I actually like the look of this one better than the other one. And the sales girl says, yeah, this one is more contemporary looking. And I thought that was interesting because I didn't really agree with that. And she said, well, no, it's not more contemporary. Actually, it's more modern. Does that make sense? She said. And I thought that this was a very interesting thing for the salesperson to be saying, to be sort of thinking about the difference between what's contemporary and what's modern. Because, you know, when I teach my um, students about contemporary art, they have no idea what the difference between what modern and contemporary might be. um, When actually modern art really stopped mid 20th century and contemporary art is not modern. And it's just, I don't know, maybe she doesn't know that differentiation, but for someone outside of certain fields to make that differentiation, I think is very unusual. I'm thinking that this value thing may be a good way to focus my day. And the next store that I should go to is probably Dakota Watch Company, but it's out in the open, kind of like the Diamondique store was, and it's a direct view from Zales, and I just don't feel like buying something at Zales and then going over and having them watch me buy something at Dakota, although it wouldn't be such an unnatural thing to do. I just feel a little self-conscious. So instead, I uh, start wandering down the hallway here And the first store after Zales is Finish Line, which is a sports um, sneaker and sports attire store. And I'm not sure what I'm going to do here. I don't really want to try on sneakers, but I will if I have to. I guess I'm looking for sales and to see if there's anything worthwhile here. And I end up in the women's clothing section and I do actually really need a pair of shorts with pockets for my walking in the morning because I've been wearing longer pants like, you know, exercise leggings or whatever. Uh, or sweatpants, but it's getting kind of hot and I don't think I'm going to want to do that for much longer. So I kind of need a pair of shorts. The only pairs of shorts I have are either not really exercise shorts or they don't have pockets and I need something to carry my car key in. So I start looking for those and I find a pair of Nike shorts with white stripes down the side. They're black and um, they're Nineteen ninety nine, which I think is actually a very good value. And so I decide that I'm going to try those on. And as I'm heading back towards the fitting room, I come across a real sale area where they have sports bras. Well, I don't know for sure that they're sports bras. They might just be like, you know how some women wear those um, sports tops and they own, they're like sports bras, but they just wear them without a shirt. 
maybe they're supposed to be that. I'm not really sure. I mean, I wouldn't do that because I would feel jiggly and weird. I'm not really comfortable bearing my stomach to the general public. But I think that they would be fine for both yoga and walking. It's not like with what you don't like jiggle around. You're not, you don't need like so much support because, you know, you're, you're, bouncing, bouncing, bouncing or anything. These are an incredible value because they are two for $10, which is phenomenal. That means they're $5 each and you can pay, you know, 40 or 50 bucks for a sports bra. So I take all this stuff back into the fitting room and try them on and, um, decide to get the, the shorts and the sports bras. And I'm pretty satisfied with that decision. I think this is this is a really good value. I also think I'm going to keep them because I really do need all this stuff. There's a couple boarded up stores on this hallway here. We're on the second floor in the, on the east side. So the southeast side. So there's actually not that many stores to go to because also another one of the stores is Old Navy, which is a two story store. And I hit that store a couple visits ago and spent way too much money on kids clothes. But anyway, there's a boarded up, I guess boarding, it sounds like, you know, they've got like planks of wood, um, hammered, uh, on the front and that's not the case at all. It's very tidy looking. I guess it's just empty storefronts. Um, there's a couple on this hallway and I don't know why, is this like a particularly dead hallway that gets bad business? I can't see why it would be any more than any other, but one of the stores says that it's moved to the north wing, which I'll be hitting pretty soon, hopefully. Anyway, my next store is Underground Station. And this store has a definite, like, uh, rap vibe. And it's got, like, you know, Beyonce or someone and like videos going on in the, in the corners on these TVs. And they've got all kinds of super gold lame sandals and really ugly stuff. And then lots of expensive sneakers. And then they've got a bunch of t-shirts and stuff. And I really don't know how to apply the idea of buying the best value in a place like this, because honestly, I don't want any of it. So how can any of it be a good value for me personally? Uh, some of the stuff is on sale, but it's all stuff I think is really ugly. So I'm not going to do that. So I may have to suspend my project a bit in here because I'm not sure quite uh, how to focus myself. I feel very out of place. I feel like I feel like I'm too old to really shop in here, but I start looking at the t-shirts because t-shirts can be a good way out of these situations. And I do find one that I like and it's a red t-shirt and it says diva DNA on it. And I think, well, gosh, actually I wouldn't mind having a t-shirt which said diva DNA. I think that's kind of cool. I mean, it's totally like it's, it's totally MTV if you know what I mean. So I wouldn't really wear it, you know, that it's all in gold lettering and everything. Uh, very over the top kind of t-shirt, but I bet it looks pretty cute on and I'm at a loss of what else to get in this store. So uh, I go ahead and I ask the sales girl for that one. They've got it all kind of locked up and tied up. So you can't even access t-shirts. You have to get, they have to go back and get you one out of the back. It's very, I don't know if they have a lot of shoplifting in here or what, but they're very high security 
compared to what I'm used to in this mall. Now, this is a very erratic floor. You know, sometimes you get these wings where it's like Banana Republic, J. Crew, all of these certain kinds of uh, retail stores. This one is such a hodgepodge because the next store is Destination Minnesota. So we're back to crappy Minnesota-oriented uh, merchandise. There is more of this crap in this mall. I mean, my God. And how can they all stay in business? I really don't understand it. It's kind of like the jewelry stores. How many t-shirts with moose on it can you really sell? Are people that t-shirt crazy that they really are going to buy and support all of these places? In any case, I've lost my patience for these places as well. And so I decide to get it over with as quickly as possible. And the t-shirt that catches my eye is a white t-shirt and it says, yeah, you betcha on it, which is a typical, I guess, Minnesota phrase, you know, and certainly, and I don't think too many people in the Twin Cities sit around going, yeah, you betcha, but, um, but I certainly do hear it uh, up in St. Cloud now and again in certain venues. It's a very stereotypical thing for Minnesotans to say. So I guess this is kind of dumb enough to buy and I bring it up to the counter and it turns out it's only twelve ninety nine, which I think is a super great value for a t-shirt. Most of these t-shirts are $20 and above. So I actually think that I did a pretty good job in here. So in keeping with the weird vibe on this little stretch of, of mall, the next store is Fossil. So we've, we're hitting a lot of different notes here, uh, and it's hard to have a theme when you're hitting so many different kinds of stores. It's really difficult. Um, the other thing is that Fossil sells mainly watches, and so I already know I'm going to have to go to Dakota Watch um, Company, and then here's Fossil, and I did see that there's a watch station on the other side of the hallway, too. So this kind of sucks because, I mean, it's hard to hit so many watch stores in one visit. It's really, it's a challenge. It, I can gear myself up for one of these a visit, but three in one visit is pretty hard. So I actually gravitate towards the handbags. They have a lot of wallets and handbags, and they have this group of black cloth purses and bags that I think are really cool. It's got a little, it's got like brown edging and a gold buckle and there's different sizes. There's little handbags and then there's bigger bags with lots of different pockets. But I like the one that it's like probably a foot square and it's got all kinds of pockets inside. It also has a pocket on the back and another little pouchy thing on the side. And then the strap is really cool because it's designed like those those bags that are supposed to go and you are supposed to go over one shoulder and under the other and they're supposed to go in the back and they they've got the um instead of just having a strap on one side it's got like an extra piece of material so it kind of looks like it kind of seamlessly goes up your back 
I think this is super cute and um, I could use something like this definitely. I don't know if it's the best value in the store. It certainly is going to cost me less than some of the leather things and it's very cute and I would get a ton of use out of it. So I think that I'm going to get this. Uh, I think that this seems like a good value here too. I do notice as I'm uh, making my way around the store that they have these great little cool leather dishes almost. They're, they're shaped leather, very hard leather. And it's like a dish where you would have it on your dresser and you would throw in your watch and your, your rings and, you know, any other jewelry you might be wearing, maybe a little change from your pocket kind of thing. I'm sure they're made for men, not for women, just because, you know, that seems like a very manly thing to do to come home from work and take off your watch and your cufflinks or whatever. But I think it's cool and I would love to have one because, you know, like I would like to, I always have stuff that I'm throwing on top of the dresser and it'd be great to have that little case for it. But they cost, you know, $30 and realistically, I'm not going to, um, not going to spend $30 on something like that. I, I would love to have it, but maybe there's something else that could sit in for that. Um, you know, maybe there's a little bowl or something I couldn't get or a little basket that might work a little bit better. Now I've made it all the way back down to Bloomingdale's. So, um, I cut back across the hallway and start back down the other side and the first store there is called She, and it's S-H-I with two dots over the I, which I think is supposed to make it seem European or something. And it's a shoe store for women, and they've got all kinds of high-heeled sandals, which I couldn't wear. But then they have a bunch of sneakers and more casual shoes. It's very cool. Like I like the stuff in here got a bunch of Pumas and some Saucony shoes. And I really like this pair of shoes. And I don't know how to pronounce the name of the company. I think it's Gravis, but they're really cute. And they've got this pair of green sneakers with um, different shades of green. And I think they're, they're really cool. I'd love to own these shoes. Good for walking around in and also look, you know, pretty sexy. So I asked the sales girl if I can try those on and also these brown Pumas that I also saw down at the finish line and they were on sale for, you know, like 40 or 50 bucks as opposed to here where they're 70. But I figure I want to try them on because, um, no, cause I, you know, I was kind of admiring them in the finish line too. It turns out that they don't have the green Gravis ones, and I'm kind of frustrated because those are the ones I really liked. I try on the Pumas, and then I ask to see some Sauconies, and I also decide that I'll try on the other pair of Gravis ones, which are more blue. They're a little more outlandish. They're not really me. I'm I'm not really out there enough to wear these sort of aqua blue sneakers. But uh, I try on the Pumas, and the Pumas really aren't very comfortable. So, you know, there goes my fantasy about Pumas. The Sauconies are super comfortable, but they're pretty boring looking. And the Gravis ones, even though they're a little too aquamarine for me, look really cute. And I don't know what this company is. I've never heard of them before, but I definitely like their shoes. And I decide that I'm going to buy them.
I don't know that they're a really good value though. You know, they're sixty nine ninety nine for a pair of sneakers, and that doesn't seem like a really good buy to me. But I don't know if anything in this store is really a good buy. And maybe part of value is how much joy they would bring you. Like, um, I would really enjoy wearing these sneakers. So for me, they're a better value than, say, the Pumas, which are much less comfortable and I don't like how they look as much. And then someone else might value the Pumas more because they like that brand and they want, they think the brand is really cool. In any case, it might be a bit of a stretch to really apply the idea of value in this situation. I'm not sure that it really applies. Now, this does actually, this aisle or this hallway does seem to have a little bit of a sports thing going on because we had the finish line. Then we had Underground Station, which had a ton of sneakers. I just bought a pair of sneakers at She. And now I've hit Kids Foot Locker. And, you know, I skipped Foot Locker upstairs. I think it was on the south side. Maybe it was on the east. But I skipped it because uh, when I went to Champs, they're owned by the same people. And they were giving me Champ. Uh, they were giving me Foot Locker bags in, that were inside out because Champs had run out of money and hadn't ordered any bags. So I already have Foot Locker bags, and since it was the same company, I kind of figured I would just just do that and go back to Champs and try and get a Champs bag later. But now I feel like I really am purchasing something from Foot Locker because I go into Kids Foot Locker, and this is also a spot that has excellent values because they have a sale on T-shirts for kids, five T-shirts for fourteen ninety nine. That's incredible. I, however, am reluctant to buy t-shirts here because uh, my kids already have a ton of t-shirts. And they're also, there's, Evan is just getting into real kid sizes, but he's still extra small. And even at extra small, it's a little big. Uh, and Garrett is definitely still toddler sizes. So I don't think that they're going to have the right sizes for my kids. So that wouldn't be such a good value for me. Then I noticed that they're having a sale on Foot Locker socks. And they are two packs of socks, two six packs of socks for $15. Normally they're $10 each. Then the sales guy tells me that they're all, they also come with a one year guarantee. So if my kids wear holes in their socks within a year, I can bring them back and they'll replace them. This is phenomenal because I mean, I think I bought Evan socks a month ago and he's already worn holes in them. These kids have huge feet and they run around all the time. And you know, probably those target socks aren't so uh, good quality, but I'm thinking that this is an excellent value. The only problem I have with it is that they only have the low cut socks or the crew socks in Garrett size. And that's not so great because he really doesn't like socks that go all the way up his legs, but he also, I think is going to be squeamish 
about them being too low. These ones, they have the quarter length socks in Evan size, and those are perfect, especially for summer, because they're comfortable with that. But they're both super finicky about like their socks and how high up they go. I bought this six pack of socks for Evan, and he won't wear them because they go too high, and it just gets totally freaked out by it know what it is but anyway so I'm a little nervous about that but we'll see maybe I can get him to wear them uh, I'm thinking that this is an excellent value then ladies foot locker right next door is another set of really excellent values they have an offer for five women's t-shirts for twenty dollars that is incredible. I mean, we're talking cheap t-shirts. So I take a couple of them into the back fitting room and uh, try them on to make sure they fit. And I try on an extra large and it's really too big. And then I try on a large and it fits, but it's kind of boxy looking. It's not the kind of thing I'm going to want to wear all the time. I might want one or two for working out, but the the neck is also a little bit too tight, so maybe I wouldn't want them to wear to work out. Uh, all in all, it, I'm thinking maybe it's not such a good value if you don't like them, and I don't. So I bring them back, and instead I go for the three tank tops for $25 value. This is kind of funny that tank tops, which require less fabric, cost more money. But I'm not going to analyze that too much because that's still a very cheap tank top. And I think that that is probably the best deal I'm going to come across. Uh, I don't even try them on. I figure I'll try them on at home and see if they fit. But I get a brown one, which is super cute. And then there's a, a blue and green striped one. And then a gray one because I have another gray one, but it's shrunk so much and I could use another one. Um, and, um, I am thinking I have a lot of tank tops and I don't necessarily need these tank tops, but I don't know how many tank tops is too many. It gets pretty hot and it's nice to have them. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's okay to get these. Now I really feel like I am in a groove here. I feel like I'm just knocking off the stores left and right. I think this value, this idea of getting the best value is really working out pretty well for this group of stores. And my next store is the watch station. And I, you know, I've been dreading this a little bit because again, it's the whole watch thing, too many watch stores on this little string of stores. And I decide as I walk in that I'm going to use the whole buy a watch for my husband routine again. I mean, it's getting a little old, but it works. And it also provides an excellent excuse for returning it. I also tend to like men's watches a bit better than women's. They definitely have some very cool men's watches here. I do a circle around the store. There's a very anxious somewhat post-adolescent uh, sales guy who really wants to help me, but I kind of want him to leave me alone for now so I can figure out what I'm going to do. I do tell him I want to buy a watch for my husband, but that I just need to look around. 
the first one that really catches my eye after my first circuit through is a Hamilton watch and it's really attractive. It's got a black face and a black band and it's got one of those eco drives or whatever you call it that where it doesn't require a watch battery. And this is clearly the wave of the future in watches. Um, you can turn it around and see in the back and see the whole watch mechanism working, which is totally cool. And so I asked for a price on this one and he picks it out and looks on the back and it turns out it costs $595. He says that this is the most expensive watch that they carry. And I managed to hit it on my first try. I clearly have excellent excellent taste. However, this crosses my $300 threshold of discomfort and I, uh, I just don't think that I can do it. So I wander around some more and I ask for a couple more prices. And the next one I ask for is a citizen eco drive watch. It's really handsome. It's got a real nice weight to the band. It's a combination metal and rubber band, and it's got a really big face. And he turns it over, and this one costs $360. We are getting down further, but not far enough. But I hang on to this one and ask him to help me find it other watches that might be similar in style but that might be a little bit less expensive. Uh, he starts pulling them out, but a lot of them are just as expensive. And the ones that aren't just as expensive, I don't like. So I finally resign myself to making my most expensive purchase yet on this $360 men's watch. And this is a really, truly beautiful beautiful object. I mean, I, I don't know what it is about me and watches, but I think they're very cool. And, you know, a nicely designed watch is just something to behold. So I'm pretty psyched about this. I'm standing at the counter at the watch station, checking out and waiting for the guy to finish with uh, the whole transaction. And I notice that there's a door to a little back office that's open and they have a whole bunch of pictures and calendars and things like that on the wall. And one of the calendars catches my eye because it um, says May, so they haven't turned the page yet. And I think that's kind of funny. And then the one next to it catches my eye because first of all, there's two calendars right next to one another, which seems odd. But the one next to it is really funny. It has a picture of the pyramids and then it has all this text on it. And it says, building a culture of integrity, be a leader in your store, model the way, inspire a shared vision, challenge the process, enable others to act, encourage the heart. Your reputation is based on what you do every day. There's never a wrong time to do the right thing. And I am amazed to have this little window into the corporate culture of the watch station, which also is the same company as the sunglass hut. Uh, and who knew that they had this corporate culture that was super like, um, I mean, this is just like the total business speak, you know, this is 
I don't know. It just seems so corporate in some ways to try to inspire their salespeople, um, not only to be honest and have integrity, but to inspire a shared vision and encourage the heart. I, that's kind of incredible to me. I mean, they're selling watches, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> how are they going to inspire a shared vision? That's kind of amazing to me, but this, this is really the reality of that a lot of people live with as well. And with a lot of these, these corporations, it's, it's really fascinating that it reaches down all the way to like the salesperson, this like 19 year old guy who's trying to sell me this stuff. Amazing. Now I am feeling really good here. I am down at the last store of this aisle of this hall or this section, and it's called Bijou Bijou. And, uh, this store has a sign on it, which says $10 for everything in the store. And that's incredible. This seems like a great value. And the first thing I do after buying a watch that with tax costs me over $380 is I go to the watches, which are all $10 each. And I figure, well, I'm going to buy myself a watch for $10 and that's a much better value than, you know, than anything else I could get, especially in relation to the other things that I've bought. Now, I actually think that citizen watch is a great value because there, I think it is valuable to have something beautiful and well-made and that really gives you pleasure, uh, especially one that is never going to need a battery ever, but this is a different kind of value. So I look through the watches and, you know, I don't really love any of them. They're, they've got these kind of weird clasps, um, and stuff like that. But, but I pick one out and as I'm walking to the counter, I notice that they don't give any refunds here, only exchanges. And I think, well, maybe I should consider my purchase more carefully since I'm going to be stuck with it. And I notice that they sell a bunch of bags and I go over to the bag section because you can always use bags. And they have a bunch of really ugly purses, but I find some totes in the corner. And I find this really nice canvas and green fabric tote that I think will be great like for our beach trip this summer. I, I think that'll really come in handy. You could carry almost anything in it. I could use it for work. We could use it for vacation. And for $10, that seems like a really good deal. So I'm kind of disappointed about the watch because I thought it was kind of funny to get this $10 watch after this $380 watch. But, um, but I think that the bag is probably a better idea. So I have done this entire hallway and I'm back to where I began by Zales Jewelry and, and of course the Dakota Watch Company. And I decide that I'm just going to get it over with because I'm sort of dreading it because it's out in the open. So there's no privacy. One of the things about doing these transactions is no one knows what you do in other stores because they're all in their own little, uh, units. And although the 
the front of the store is open. So as a shopper, you have this vision of this sort of open universe where you wander in and out of stores. The people who work in the stores are completely closed off from everything else that happens in the mall, unless they happen to be on a courtyard or they happen to be like, you know, facing out into the amusement park. Um, so Dakota watch company is unusual in that I'm having an open transaction and then I know that when I return things, it's going to be open as well, but I figure just go, just do it. Um, suck it up. And this will be my last transaction of the day. I go over and thankfully their watches are a little bit less expensive than those at the watch station. Uh, and I wander around and they, they have on one side of their little island of watches, they have uh, sale watches. And I think that, okay, the way to end a day of value shopping is really to buy an on-sale watch that will be a really good value for the money. And I, you know, I don't really like any of these watches so much. They've got some cute kids watches. And since I'm already basically wearing a kid's watch with my swatch with the dog and bone design on it, I thought, well, I could just do another one, but it's all superheroes and kind of just uh character kind of stuff. And there's nobody that I like that much that I'd actually want on my watch. But they do have these kind of nice ones with leather bands. They're the kind of thing where the leather band is really wide and then the watch is actually more narrow than the leather band. So it's almost like it's stuck onto this leather wristband. And there's a couple of them. One catches my eye and it's kind of a cool design. And then there's another one at the end of the row, which I figure I'll look at as well, which is a little bit more, um, a little bit of an older person's watch, like a little more classy looking. I asked the sales girl to show me them both and she takes them out and I try them on. And the first one, which is the older, more classy looking one actually looks much less stodgy on than it did in the case. It actually looks really nice on. And I, I kind of dig it. And then the other one is really stiff and it only has snaps to fasten it. And the snaps don't fit very well. And the leather bends kind of weird. She tells me that the price on the Behringer, which is the cheap one with the snaps, is twenty nine ninety five. Then the price on the other one, whoa, which is also a Behringer, is fifty nine ninety five. And then they're twenty five percent off which is a really good deal. But the one that's cheaper, I really don't like. So that would not be such a good value for me because I don't like it. So I decide that the fifty nine ninety five one, which is 25% off, that this is really the one that I should buy because I did really like the way it looked on. And, um, and I would wear this actually a lot if I owned it. So, um, so I'm going to go ahead and buy that. And I, I do feel like this is sort of a non-stressful way to, to buy a watch, to buy a cheaper watch. These really big watch purchases, they're exciting, but they also really stress me out. And this one feels, um, feels more doable, more manageable, less, much, much less stressful. 
Uh, so this is a really good way to end the day. Um, I'm starving and I need to get home and I need to eat something. I'm trying not to spend my money on food here, you know, after my last um, visit to the sushi place. So I think it's time for me to go and I'm feeling very good because I just finished the second floor of the southeast side. So I am starting to really make a project or I guess it's not the southeast side. It's the east side sort of south wing of the east side. In any case, I'm making progress and next time will be the third floor, which is usually a bunch of really dud stores, but that can be kind of interesting as well. It's it's a nice it's nice to take the pressure off of the real high-end stores and get some real cheap ass stuff in there as well. Um so I think it's time for me to go and and get home and and um Oh, and eat some lunch. <laughs>